Hey, welcome Ascenders to another episode of Living the Ascension, bringing you innovative tips and tools of transformation to live your life in the higher consciousness of the Ascension. And I'd like to, this is Troika by the way, and I have a free gift for you, the seven essential elements for manifestation, seven easy actions to manifest whatever you desire. You will find the link to download in the show notes or simply go to livingtheascension.com. And please, do me a favor, subscribe or follow this show, rate and review it too, if you have those options. Thanks so much. So today, we have a very starry guest. (laughs) Patty the Astrologer. You can't get more into the stars than that. So Patty has been helping others with her astrology expertise for over 40 years now. She focuses on you and how you interact with the world, with emphasis on your soul's purpose or your reason for being here. Patty is well-versed in the Edgar Cayce readings, which includes astrology, Alice Alice Bailey esoteric astrology, and interacts with the Ascended Masters. She currently mentors two different levels of astrology classes and advanced spiritual discussion group. Patty hosts many webinars on astrology, the masters, and esoteric information or knowledge. She also has a podcast. So when you sign in to her website, get on her mailing list, she's also going to give you a very helpful guide to... uh, I'm going to redo this, not with you, but I'm going to redo it before. Do this with the the retrograde Um, planets and eclipses. Yes, with the the dates for the retrograde planets. And, um, oh, and I forgot to undo my phone. Glad this happens. Oh, crap. i got to just quickly take this. Hey, Bob, I'm on a Zoom call and I'm recording. Can I call you back later? Okay, I'm going to stop by in two minutes. I have something for you. Oh, I can't come to the door. I'm, I'm literally recording a radio show. Okay, call me back. Okay, bye. All right, that reminds me to unplug my phone. He would have banged on the door anyway. Now, last time your phone rang in the middle of this, did you? <laughs> I just turned mine off. Okay, good. I have to unplug mine because it's a two-line phone. And, oh, yeah, that's right. And I just pull the plug on it. Okay, so let's just go straight into Hello, Patty. Hello, Patty. Thank you so much for coming. How are you doing? I'm doing better now that I'm talking with you. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me on your, <laughs> on your podcast. Oh, gosh, that's so sweet. And... And uh, just to let people know that out of those 40 years that Patty's been an astrologer, I've known her for 35 of them, and she's an excellent astrologer. Oh, gosh. She's who I depend upon. And I have a lot of friends that are astrologers because I've been in astrology since I was 13. So, anyway. Right. So, little little patting on the back for you, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, let's start off with, um, with what led you into your spiritual awakening. Was it astrology that got you into it, or did spirit, or were you already awakened and spirit led you to astrology? Well, I was awakened at birth, I think. I was born and raised a pretty conservative Catholic with an Irish mother, And as I got older, went to Catholic school all the way up until I got married, devout Catholic, but not rabid and not uh, to the point where everything the priest and the nun said was true because my mother taught us to think for ourselves. So I don't think I, I needed a spiritual awakening as far as having lost or moved away from God. It's then after, let's see, about the age of 30, 32, I started asking more questions. The Catholic teachings, the catechism up to a point is a very good base for all this esoteric information and practices you and I and others are in. So about the age of 40, 
let's say 38, I got interested in astrology by picking up Linda Goodman's Sun Sign book. And that, to keep it short, led me to taking lessons and then immediately was put in the intermediate astrology class. It turned out I've been an astrologer so many previous lifetimes, this was a natural and I just picked it up. And, of course, when I would go to the bookstores, which existed then, Alice Bailey's row of books were sitting right there, and I bought one after one after one until I had the whole group. And that would say that a crisis triggered the further questioning, which led me into Edgar Casey and those profound readings, which include astrology, and Alice Bailey, which includes astrology, and I sort of meld them all and use them all at the same time when I'm uh, talking with my groups or with a client. And so um, the spirit in your question would have led me to the astrology. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Well, that's interesting because... um Astrology was sort of my entrance gate as well. And, um, you know, after my death experience, when I lost connection with, um, in, in the way that I had it as a child with the masters and the angels, I was still very interested in all things spiritual, and I was, you know, on a quest. And I started with astrology. And... I knew Linda Goodman, the one that you mentioned that. Uh, oh yes, that led you into astrology. She was a she was a friend of mine. Oh, isn't so wow. Yeah, small world, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it goes around, doesn't it? When I knew her, though, she had not written her book yet. Oh, she was she was part of a she was part of an astrology group that my mother and I belonged to, and it was not an astrology class. It was a group of astrologers. Mm -hmm. And we met, I can't remember if it was once a month or twice a month. I think it was twice a month that we would meet at the um, International House of Pancakes on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we, we would go to their little back room, you know, their little private room. Yeah. And I don't know, but sometimes there were 10 of us, sometimes 12, never more than 15, though. And we would just, you know, we would have a meal or coffee or whatever and sit and sh talk shop, you know, talk about astrology and stuff. It was really a wonderful time in my life. So... With what do you know about astrology and how it all ties in spiritually and all of that, what would you what would you say to people that maybe have never had their chart done? What what do you think is the importance of knowing their chart? Okay, the importance of knowing, of course when I was taking lessons and got into the intermediate class I discovered your soul's purpose is staring you in the face right on this chart that is sitting on the table on this two-dimensional piece of paper. I said, oh, my goodness, look at this. And so many people call and say, I want to know why I'm here. Well, that there's a, more than one spot, but that's what triggered me to get really excited about astrology. So that when somebody asks me, well, how can astrology help me? I said, well, it can reveal the, the reason you're here. It can reveal every type of relationship you have in your life. It reveals your major challenges, your talents, your opportunities. And in almost every chart, I've only seen one that did not have it, almost every chart has, um, with the difficult uh, possibilities, there are the talents and the ease and the people you can contact to help you out. So what for me the most important is to know why you're here and what your soul's purpose is, mm -hmm. which, which is not your career. Exactly, yeah. It is a, I phrase it, it is a, um, a quality or a virtue that you want to uh, be and you keep continually work towards that. And that is analogous to the Edgar Cayce reading saying the most important thing you can have in your life is your ideal, 
which is, again, a virtue, how you want to be, and you use that virtue or whatever synonym you could use to make your decisions with. If you want to be kind, you say, oh, is this, is this decision going to be more kind either to me or especially to others? So, and then when it comes to a person that's having a difficulty, whether with a situation or a relationship, I look at the chart and I say, well, look, this is, this is what's behind this. This is, this is the why. Now, here's what your soul's purpose is, and here's how you can use that virtue or use the other planetary relationships in your chart to make this come out for the highest good of everyone. Yeah, so I look at I look at, at a person's astrology chart as their blueprint for yes. this lifetime. Yes, that's the blueprint or roadmap. That's exactly right. Yeah, and you know the one the number one question I think everybody has in life is why am I here and what is this all about? Right. And of course it's in your chart. Yes. But I want to tell you, Patty, that not all astrologers see what you see in a chart. Oh. Not everyone sees the life purpose. You know, there's so many different types of astrologers. There's your everyday genetic astrologer, which can be wonderful. There's uh, astrologers that specialize in business and contracts and, you know, guiding your business through astrology. There's others that are medical intuitive astrologers Mm -hmm. and all of that. But that's what really caught my eye with you when I first met you, is the soul's purpose. And I've asked other astrologers, you know, just as friends and stuff, well, you know, what about the soul's purpose? And they kind of get deer in the headlight syndrome. Oh, my. Yeah, so... That's the most important thing in your life. I know, I know. Wow. (laughs) Well, all all of the time that that I had teachers, I had several different private teachers teaching me astrology. Not one of them ever talked about soul's purpose or showed me how to find that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's like everything in life, you know, the, the ability of the person is dependent upon their level of consciousness. Correct. Of what they see. Yeah. There's so many many, um, spiritual teachers that someone will go to expecting help, but if your consciousness is higher than the teacher you've selected, it's a total waste of time and money, (laughs) because you already know or understand, you know, more than that. So, would you say that knowledge of astrology and your chart and all of that can help awaken a person to a higher consciousness? Yes, I think, and I know it has with my students. Um, I would say, now your soul's purpose is here with a new student or a new client, and of course some of the clients become students, and they get all excited about it. And if their consciousness is there, if they're ready for their next spiritual step, then the chart can be a big awakener and a big eye-opener and say, oh, this this sign means this now. <clears throat> when you get into esoteric astrology, you have different rulerships for those signs, and they get all excited about that because then they're ready for the next step. So to answer your question, yes, you a student or a person who is interested in Going to the next step, the chart is a very good road map or a star map. Let's call it a star map to higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that is, right. that's evident in the chart to an experienced astrologer by where certain planets are. Mm-hmm. So, and also astrology shows us and in a way predicts the evolution of man. Yes, when you get into the um, the twenty five thousand year cycles, yes, mm-hmm. of, of which so, we are now. <laughs> we're in th- yeah. We're in three. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about those three that we're in. 
Well, everybody knows we're in the New Age, or everybody that's an astrologer knows we're <clears throat> in the... Um, Age of Aquarius. The, the age of Pisces is receding, and the age of Aquarius is coming in, and what we're having is the frequencies, think of it like wind or a current in an in a incoming tide and an outgoing tide, and when they meet with force, you get chaos. We get a lot of wind, you get cyclones, you get hurricanes, and it's the same thing with the frequency of the rays, I mean, the... Piscean ray is that pretty, pretty pale blue color. It's the Christian era, and now we're coming into into the Aquarian age, which has electric energy. It's very fast. It's quick, um, and it includes many, many people. So these are now roiling around and creating chaos. And my description of chaos is when we were kids, we had those kaleidoscopes. And we would turn them around, and the colors and the shapes would Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they would all jumble together. And that's where we are now. And mathematically, in the center of chaos is a little point. And this is what you and I are trying to do, is try to get into that symbolic little point. Because the answer is in the little point. This is where our meditations and our focus on our spiritual development, how we can help man. So in the center of today's chaos, there is, I shouldn't call it a solution, there is the new way. And the new way is opening up in front of our eyes. We are experiencing the new way. And that new way in the evolution of man is Aquarian-like which will be even more new inventions, more mass consciousness raising up to the next level. And I think it will mean more humanitarian attitude and help for more masses. That's an oxymoron. For masses of people. And I think the big thing I see right now in the middle of all this chaos is the push for equality. Not tolerance, the push for equality. And if we succeed in that, that will be a giant step forward into the age of Aquarius, meaning the rays of consciousness, as you would phrase it, another step towards mankind's ascension. Okay, that's enough of that. I talk too much. (laughs) No, no, no. No, it's interesting. So... So that's one cycle, is the cycle of going into the age of Aquarius. Yeah, that's a 20, right. What are the other two cycles? Well, there's, that's the 2500 year cycle. It's actually 2610, I think, but, um, that we're going into the age of Aquarius and we are, and I've got Orion right, sitting right in front of me on my desktop. And the, when you read the constellation of Orion in it, how we see it from Earth, it, gives you the 25,000-year cycle of the movement of the stars. I'm going to keep it that simple. And we're at the bottom. Right now, we're at the bottom, not meaning the bottom of uh, creativity. But it goes, symbolically, it goes up and down. And Uh so we're at the bottom of that Orion cycle, which means that's half of a 25,000-year cycle. And from what I have understood and interacted with other esoteric people, we are opposite the age of Noah, that Noah flood. So we're going through tremendous change. Mm -hmm. Tremendous change. And then I'm not as conversant in the 25,000-year cycle, but the sun has a 25,000-year cycle the within the uh, Milky Way and within the universe, there is everything is moving around and everything is all balanced. God balances everything. So, twenty five hundred year cycle, the bottom of a twenty five thousand year so uh, twenty twenty five thousand year cycle, and then I said twenty five thousand. I meant two hundred and fifty thousand year cycle of the sun. And I think you're aware that Ascended Saint Germain had said in some of his discourses back either to the Bridge to Spiritual Freedom or to the Summit Lighthouse, that this means that the Earth is getting ready to inch in and change its orbit just a little bit closer to the sun. Is that what you're aware of? No. <laughs> well, according to the Bailey material... Um, I, know that the po- I know that the poles are shifting, but I didn't know about moving closer to the sun. Yeah, it takes millions of years. A little inching closer to the sun. Uh-huh. 
And that's why what I read in this Bridge to Spiritual Freedom, that Ascended Master St. Germain and El Moria and some of the others had said that back in in the 1950s, which was, they were crucial years for me, but um, that's when the earth was getting ready to be annihilated because it was so corrupt and so bad that no light was emitting. And that got changed, and the Sanat Kamara sent his people, and um, we don't want to really get into that, but we were redeemed. Let's use that word. We were redeemed. We still have a lot of work to do, but the earth was saved from annihilation and on we go so we better move quickly (laughs) (laughs) i'm a cancer with an aries moon so that means i'm ready to move quickly all the time (laughs) (laughs) we're the quickers we move quickly so um yeah so all these cycles within cycles within cycles um are coming together yes which that in itself is unusual Yes. Usually, you know, we've got the the beginning and the ends of the cycle, and then somewhere later on, we've got the the end of a different cycle and whatever. But to have them all happening simultaneously is very unusual. Yes. And this, to me, shows what we call ascension, or what we're calling, you know, going into the age of Aquarius. Yes, is a big shift. That that in itself. It's huge, but we've got these other things going too that, to me, signify total change in frequency and vibration and an uplifting of consciousness pretty much for the planet Mm -hmm. um, and most that are on it. I mean, everyone's got the ability to ascend. I totally believe that. We're all equal. But some people are on their cycles, and they're maybe not ready yet. Right. You know, they might need a little bit more time. So I think some some will go into what we call ascension, and others will stay behind and continue from where they are. Correct. Ascend, you know, on their own later. Right. So this, so because of how astrology shows us where we're at planetary wise and galaxy-wise and whatever the biggest, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> amount is. I never know. You know, is it cosmic? Is that the biggest? or Galactic? Anyway. I don't know. Well, no. I used to think galactic, but we've got a lot of galaxies. Yes. You know, beyond ours and stuff. So I don't know what the word is to, you know, I just say, I guess, the all that is. <laughs> perfect. Um, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so since... Since we see these, you know, what the all that is is bringing in, you and I had a discussion a few months ago about COVID mm-hmm. and how that showed up in astrology. And I think it would be wonderful if you told people what what you discovered about the, cause the dates that you have are perfectly coinciding with the whole... Yeah. journey of COVID, and what that tells you, or what those what those um, what those aspects um, showed, and and it was played out through COVID. Yes, and the thing with COVID, COVID is all about the sign Capricorn. Now, I, when I did the research, COVID had a big start in January of 2018. Two years ago, two and a half years, 2018. We had a planetary lineup. We had Venus, the Sun, Pluto, the Moon, Mercury, and Saturn, all in the sign of Capricorn. Now, we astrologers knew that, and there's a group of professionals that we get together, and we talked about, wonder what's going to happen. Bingo, the south node went into Capricorn. The south node is the, it's a, uh, I'm going to call it a planet, indicates the past, where possible mistakes had been made, etc. The dark side of Capricorn is greed, selfishness, unbridled ambition, crushing the little guy, um, 
creating lots of rigid forms. However, transiting Pluto, Pluto in the sky is in the sign of Capricorn, and what Pluto does is tear down everything that is symbolized by whatever sign it is in. And Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn, symbolically tearing down all establishments, whether it's businesses, not necessarily churches. It did that in a previous cycle. Anything that is greedy or ambitious or crushing the little guy or um, usury, too high interest rates, all of that is going to be torn down. And the fact that the South Node joined this huge lineup in 2018, we should have known we astrologers should have known. How is this going to manifest? We thought it was going to be a change in business. And, of course, infrastructure, the, uh, the, the bridges and the trains, etc., they're all being, they'll be rebuilt now. But I had to do, when the pandemic hit, when we were aware of it, I did research all the way back to 500 B.C., and there is always there are always two planets involved that work together. Pluto and Jupiter. Now, Jupiter in 2018 was still in a different sign, and as it traveled, 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 it joined this lineup. And when Pluto became next to Saturn and, uh, excuse me, when Jupiter came next to Saturn and Pluto, that's when it erupted into we already knew. Uh, or wait, it just came out of China, went all over the world, and we're not blaming China for it, but it just went all over the world, and every pandemic has this combination. So to try to answer your question, what COVID has done is reset the world. This is worldwide. And it brought people down. It brought people into what the the opposite of unbridled ambition is, is the family. So we were supposed to be paying attention to family. COVID forced the world to pay attention to family because everything was locked down. Mm-hmm. We, we couldn't go to work. We couldn't go to restaurants. We, we had to stay home. I was reading here in Delaware where they're running out of food. Restaurant or not restaurants, but uh, grocery stores have a surge in flour and sugar because people are baking now. <laughs> Yeah. All the family things. People were cleaning their homes. The home renovation people were really busy because people were putting porches on their homes. They were doing things for their homes. So the, well, I think with the COVID has made long-lasting changes in society. And when I did, you know, when I did the research before, every pandemic changed society. Whether it was the bubonic plague or the Spanish flu. That which was the flu of 1918, and all of them, they changed society permanently. Some of it because they decimated the population so much, it rearranged uh, who was on top and who was on bottom. Mm-hmm. So with uh, Troika, how do you see the changes that are happening with COVID? Well, what I see and what I noticed before COVID was a word to me, is that in that November before COVID, COVID kind of hit in January of two, uh, uh, I've got all the dates 2020, here. right? Well, it, it started in 2018 and then it hit in 2020, right? Right. So right before it became known, which was like January of 2020, I, I felt a tremendous shift in frequency and energy entering the planet in that November before. Late October, early November. 2019, yes. Yes. Of, of 2019. Right. And and it was like, oh, we're getting a higher level of frequency coming into the planet. And of course, that always changes things. Right. You get these, I call them upgrades, you know. Yeah. It's like, like a computer you know it's like oh install the new update it's like, oh, <laughs> what's going to happen because you know with a computer you, you install that new update and some things are great and other things fall apart right same thing with an upgrade to us and to you know so it's like oh what's going to happen and i felt me personally and a lot of the um my little tribe that 
I don't want to sound diminishing. It's more, when I say little, it's more a term of affection, of uh, um, affection. You know, like you call your dog a little. Oh, my my little my little boy. You know, right. So, so um, <laughs> I want to make that clear. I'm not diminishing the people that follow me. They are my family, and I love them intensely. And but anyway, we started noticing a change in ourselves. Right. In our in our consciousness and all of that. And so then January, boom, we've got COVID. And it's like, oh, this is part of the upgrade. And again, you wouldn't think that a, a, a you know a, a big disease or whatever whether whether COVID is true or not, you know, because there's so many conspiracy theories, whether it really is a, a bad illness or whether it's, you know, they're pretending like anyone that's ever died of anything in that year, oh, it was COVID when it really isn't. You know, these are all the conspiracy theories and it was man-made and no, it wasn't. And none of that matters to me. Right. You know, that's right. all... That's all third-dimensional, you know, nitpicking thinking that gets you into a lower frequency. The thing is, is no matter how it got here, it fulfills what you see in astrology and what I felt energetically with this new frequency right. coming in. And what COVID did, like you say, the reset, to me it was a big pause button. It stopped the world. It sure did. It, it stopped the way we did things, you know, um, the staying home and, and all of that. And in the course of it doing that, so many things happened. Like you say, people with families, you know, got more into their family. Um, yeah. Re, reuniting because people have been so separated from family for so many years because of work and, and right. technology and and the the world has gotten very fast especially uh, you know America and well in Europe and Australia and you know it's everybody's busy 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 got to go here got to do this got to go there you know um, but no one had time to really think about what's important to them Right. People didn't have time to sit and reflect and go inward, and and to have to have a um, a relationship with themselves, let alone and, their families, right? And with their families and stuff. So COVID forced that to happen, and what and then the effects of it is a lot of people started going inward. They didn't have anything else to do, you know, got right. tired of TV. So they, they learned meditation. They learned how to connect in with, with their higher self. Right. They learned how to <clears throat> expand their consciousness just by slowing down. And pollution went down almost immediately. Yes. Because the traffic wasn't there. And, and the... Um, the power plants that make pollution and the factories and all, they were all closed. Right. We got clean air and clean water rapidly. You could see it from the satellite photographs of the Earth. Right. You know, you looked at Earth one day and it was all cloudy and gray and all the crap that, you know, is around the planet all the time. A week later, it was totally clear. Yeah. It was amazing. Amazing. And things were happening to animals and to nature. They were thriving, you know, and stuff. And so I think, from my perspective, it was a wonderful thing. And soon we're going to be over it, and you'll tell us about that when I, when I finally shut up. And, <laughs> <laughs> but things are not going to, not going to go back no. pre-COVID. No. COVID changed things. Look at, look at all the people that have started online businesses. Look at, I mean, we're recording this on a Zoom call, you know. Um, and you're in it, California and I'm in Delaware. 
<laughs> right, right. Well, you know, we've had that Internet thing for a while. But businesses, all the people that are staying home and are able to work from home, which not not every pop, not everyone can, um, but those who can um, by working through computers or whatever, they're happy working at home. Yes. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I can sit here and work at home and I can – uh, put food in the in the, uh, the crock pot, and I can do a load of laundry, and you know, and I don't have to get all dressed up and whatever, and drive an hour and a half to work, and all. So people are saying, "Hey, I like working at home," and the businesses are like, "Wow, we're we're thriving with people working at home. It really works." You know, and we don't have to have the overhead of a big office, and we don't have to have, you know, all the right, all the stuff that goes with, you know, having employees at home. So I think a lot of the a lot of these companies have already stated that those that want to work at home can continue working at home. Right. You know, and schooling schooling is changing because a lot of the classes now are online, which has some benefits and some. Um, not benefits, right. but I think that's all going to work out with the, the best of each, you know, right. the best of being at school and the best of right. schooling at home and stuff. But, you know, those are just some of the things that are happening because of COVID that would not have happened unless we were literally forced. And we were literally forced. Do it, yeah, yeah. What is so, it? Go ahead. What do you see as the end? But your your question might have been better than no. <laughs> well, what were you going to say? Last, December of 2020, this past December, we had both Jupiter and Saturn changing sign. They left the sign of, of Capricorn, meaning they left the sign of the pandemic and went into the sign of Aquarius. This is accelerating independence, and we've been reading that a lot of the city dwellers who were working at these big companies have moved to the country. They've moved other places where they can work from home. It's just so much better, and I think the pandemic is waning out, and I had predicted I lost that whole file. The whole file on my computer just disappeared uh, of all my forecasts, but I had forecast that by May of this year, this month, Almost everybody would be vaccinated and vaccinations would be free. Here in Delaware, you ride around the Acme, the supermarkets, the drugstores all have free COVID shots. Now, whether people are going to take advantage of is their choice. But I think we're, except for India, we're on our way out. It's uh, waning out. And then later this week, this week, transiting Jupiter is going into the sign of Pisces. So that is going to soften things and slow things down just a little bit. But I think we're globally basically on the way out of the COVID. The deaths will continue. The people who are choosing to leave the planet will leave. And then we'll have another restart. So when do you tell me about this? Second restart. Second restart should be next month. It should be June. Uh, I don't want to get into India's chart. That's a whole conversation all on its own. No. I mean, they've it's got it. generally. Yeah. Um, but let's see. This is 2021. Uh, most of the pandemic is over. It's just cleaning up what is left, the people that are going to get sick. And, of course, here in Delaware, they've opened up everything. Just this past week, they said, oh, everybody can do whatever they want. And I think there's enough people vaccinated, at least here in tiny Delaware, that there should not be another surge. I think the surge itself is over. Mm-hmm. It's over. Is it? No, California opens up June 15th. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll see what that happens. Yeah. But we did our advanced class at India yesterday, and their chart is bad to begin with, and their transits now are just – the transits reveal what they're going through. It's awful. <clears throat> they're having a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think is next, the next – the next um, – the next wave of, of the world, you know, in general, of course. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
um, after COVID. What 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 I what I, I kind of want to get to, um, but not maybe directly. I want to meander on to um, when you think or what astrology shows us about what we call the shift of the ages or planetary oh. ascension. Okay. Um, but we can meander there by by what. What's going to lead us there? What's going? Yeah, transiting Pluto, transiting Pluto, who is the big transmuter, transformer, is in the sign of Capricorn, and when it leaves the sign of Capricorn and goes into the sign of Aquarius, then the true age of Aquarius will begin, and that will be the end of March of 2023. So we will still have the clean, Pluto is indicating, we'll still have the cleanup of the infrastructure. Anything that is truly corrupt will continue to fall. That could be governments, corporations, buildings itself, buildings can collapse. Uh, but tearing down the corrupt and the old and the, especially the really selfish, selfish interests still have a ways to go. This is not necessarily COVID, but just mankind in general. And personally, we can look at ourselves and when we come to make our decisions and what we want to do, we can say, is this selfish or not? Because if it's selfish, it will fail, has to fail because of the way the the planetary situation is. But um, that's what will happen all the way through March of 2023. And Saturn will have gone into an, into the sign of Pisces. Jupiter will have gone into the sign of Aries. And what this means, if you look at it on a on a, the wheel, when the planets start to separate from each other, the intensity is gone. It won't be as intense, and there will be, it'll be more spread out. The energy and frequencies are more spread out. Well, so that that. I'm getting an echo off of when I talk now. I don't know where that is. Do you have your cell phone next to your computer? I do not own a cell phone. Oh, okay. No, I think, I think, uh, well, now I don't hear it. Anyway, I can edit it out. Um, So what you're talking about is what St. Germain and the Masters and the teachings of Ascension and all are exactly talking about. Right. That that as we raise in vibration and frequency, that that, that doesn't fit within the harmonics of the new frequencies has to dissolve. Yes. You know, in order for us to move on. And that's us on a personal level. You know, if you're, if you're raising your vibration and consciousness, those negative lower vibrational things about yourself dissolve. Right. You know, they must be transmuted. And that's where the violet fire comes in to help. Exactly. They need to be transmuted into the higher frequency. And it's the same with civilization. Right. And anyone going into the fifth dimensional frequency that we call ascension, right? You know, has to be cleaned up from the lower frequencies. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, so all the the government control and the corruption in the medical industry, and you know, I mean, everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Everywhere. Aspect of life that that has the, these lower frequencies and, you know, the greed and the corruption and the controlling and all of that kind of stuff, that all has to fall apart. Right. And and we're seeing that happen. Yes. But we're going to see more. Oh, and yes. As, yeah, and as the, as the negative falls apart, then we build the, high, the same things back in a higher frequency, in a better way. In a better, you know? exactly. And we can see that now too. I mean, just even just with COVID, so many new nonprofit organizations came up. Yes, that, you know, were, were started during this last year, and they're all things that are that have seen have seen a need for for the betterment of people right. that are current 
infrastructure, our current government, our current whatever, whatever, was not providing. So they are stepping in and they are providing and filling the need, which is very Aquarian and, and, very, and very much of the Ascension, where it's the oneness, where everybody helps everybody else. Right. And you build a society based on the greatest good of all and cooperation right. and respect and, you know, all the things that, that are within the fifth dimension. So, I mean, I can see it happening. I know. If you, especially if you don't watch the news, because the news is just telling you all the horrible stuff. Uh, mm. If you look around and see what is not on the news, you see all this wonderful stuff happening. Right. And with Jupiter going into Pisces this week, this coming week, we're going to see more of that. For the next year, we're going to see more and more philanthropic organizations that are based upon compassion and let's help each other and let's be one because Jupiter likes being in Pisces. So there will Good. be there will be a well. At one, at one time, uh, before Neptune was discovered, Jupiter was the ruler of Pisces. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess that's why it likes it. <laughs> it's you know and, and as you know it also rules Sagittarius um, and the thing with Sagittarius and Pisces is if you just go by the wheel they are square each other yes and not and not supposed to be that you know warm and fuzzy with each other but because of that Jupiter um, um, that rulership Yes, I find I find that Pisces and Sagittarians can work very well when they when they can work well together. They make magic. Make magic, and yeah. you know the astrology books say Cancer and Sag do not get along, but Jupiter is exalted in Cancer, and I you're a Sag, I'm a Cancer. We get along great. I have some Sagittarius friends that we have wonderful times together. We get well, along my, get well, along great. Well, and my moon is in Cancer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I'm, very, I'm very Cancerian. Yeah, yeah. In, in you know, in in my inner being, you know, I, I love all the the Cancer stuff. I love the security and and home and oh boy, you know, nestling in and you know. And I'm the opposite. Uh, well, because you've got that Aries. Yeah. See, and I always think of you as an Aries. That's the. It's interesting in astrology, the moon is what the persona, not esoterically, but that's that's the cost. The moon is the costume we wear when people get too close, and so if they, I'm all water and much cancer, and so when I'm out in the public, people think I'm an Aries because I'm so outgoing, and I people say I'm funny, but I don't try to be funny, but I won't let vibrations or anything get too close. I deflect it. And when I'm home by myself and with family and close friends, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm open and soft and, we, you know, family-oriented with a lot of my friends. But watch, watch your moon, and if your moon is in cancer, it may be that when you are overwhelmed, you retreat. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go back into my shell. Yeah. You know, the little cancer shell. I, people have to know me for a while to see my cancer. Okay. You know, um, I kind of keep that, because I, in the past, I was hurt so often. Oh, um, you put that. My, my feelings hurt and and all of that. And I'm, you, you put know, the shell around Everyone you. told me I was oversensitive and you cr I cry at movies and, you know, it doesn't take me much to cry. Oh, okay. And, um, and I'm very empathetic, and I really feel how other people feel. And sometimes that's overwhelming to me. Yes, it could be. Group, if I'm in a group of people, I'm feeling everybody simultaneously, and it can, you know, kind of overwhelm me. So I wrap myself in uh, my Scorpio. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I deflect, you know. Okay. Or, or I pull, or if I'm doing. Um, like I've got a retreat coming up with 30 people and stuff, I then become very Sagittarian. Okay, good. 
Good. You know, I become very filled. Because I'm, well, I'm, I'm teaching people. I go into a higher vibration, and I become very um, philosophical and very uh, fifth-dimensional and very, um, you know, optimistic. And, you know, I become... I become like the best of Sagittarius. Oh, good. <laughs> well, that's how I experience it. You. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, when I'm when I'm going through my stuff, then I become very Cancerian, and I take to my bed, and I, you know, I'm very quiet, and I don't want to engage because I want to heal myself before I engage with people. Okay. So I kind of go back and forth, you know. <laughs> Boy, here we got personal with each other. Oh gosh. Oh well, you know that's that's great. So speaking of personal, I've always been curious. Do you have a daily practice? Oh, of course. Oh do yes. Want, do you want to share it? Sure. My my first daily practice is two cups of coffee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> People have said you can't meditate with a cup of coffee. Oh, yes, you can. I can. (laughs) I'm a big coffee drinker, too. I I agree. So I have my two cups of coffee, and if I think I want to do that, I'll put a Jonathan Goldman, I don't call it music, it's sound on to either balance the chakras or go into the ascension vibration. And then I do, it's very simple. I don't have a big, giant ritual. I've been working with the masters for so long that I go into a quiet space, I do my prayers of protection, and then I just go into the quiet and listen. And sometimes I get, uh, I have uh, interaction with the masters. Sometimes they come, sometimes I call them. Anymore, I very infrequently call them unless I have a request from somebody. Sometimes a deceased person just shows up in my consciousness, and then I'll have a dialogue with them. And but my, then I go into a deep, deep quiet. How long, depending on how long it takes. And then when I come out of that, <clears throat> excuse me, when I come out of the quiet, that's when I do the healing prayers for people. People who have asked, I do healing prayer for. I do prayers of protection for family and those in my environment. And then I do special prayers for all those who have died, whether for for COVID or for uh, in violent situations that might not have anybody to pray for them. And I try to have uh, work with the angels to guide them to the light. And then when I come out of it, I always use the violet fire and I'll do that with us after we're finished also. I'll, I'll use the violet fire to transmute all that energy into a higher frequency. Mm-hmm. And be, I, what I did before we hooked up and what I do before uh, with any client, with anybody I'm helping with the astrology, I'll do the protection of the Christ for them, for me, for the line of force that connects us. And then we take that line of force up into the Akashic Records And then after that reading is over, I use the violet fire again to transmute those lines of force into the ascension flame so that we're not connected after the reading. I think that's very important. So that's my ritual. And, of course, like you, I'm sure you do the same thing. As I go through my day, I'm always tuned to the uh, to that higher frequency and whatever needs to happen, whatever I need to tune into. If somebody's really tuning into me real strong, I'll call them on the phone. Um, but you and I are connected all day anyway, mm-hmm. so that it's spontaneous. I don't know how else to explain. Except I have another friend who is like you and I, and she and I talked about it one time, and the only thing we can come up with, it's a knowing. We're in that frequency all the time, so we just know things. Yes. But that's part of the daily practice, because it's all day. I mean, we're just there all the time. Well, that's it. You know, I don't have, you've got a very structured pattern, which I admire, um, I, at times in my life, I've had a very structured pattern. First I do this, and then I do that, and then I do blah, 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 like you. Um, and then other times, I'm more, uh, I, I have certain things that I always do, but 
I'm more of a in the moment, you know, what comes up is then what I work on or transfer yeah. or, you know, or focus on. Good. Um, but basically, and this has been going on since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do, everything that I say, well, I slip sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically, I've, al- I've always lived my life not for this dimension and not for this lifetime, right. but for the, you know, as a little kid, it was like, we're well, going to heaven or, you know, how... I live my life so that I'm that I'm proud and and um, okay with meeting my maker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't do it quite in that meeting the maker kind of thing because right. you know I have a different concept of oh, of yeah. God, of oh, God yeah. and all that. But basically, I've always lived my life for eternity and not for the moment exactly and um and so i've had i've had an unusual life in that respect because a lot of things that everybody else does i don't do and and i've had i've even had friends say you know how how can you do that i mean how can you give up so many things and I go, I'm not giving you're, them up. You're not giving up anything, no. You know, I'm not giving up anything. I'm I'm living for a higher purpose and and that's my focus and it's not a hardship. And it's just a choice that I made. Right. You know? So but yeah, but always the violet flame. Violet flame is, you know, my number one thing and um prayers and conversations with the masters mm-hmm. and the angels and I do some little silly things you know that's kind of like a little funny thing between me and them and they do little funny things back to me and, you know, <laughs> because I, I look at them as my friends and my family right. not that they're something so far above me and untouchable it's, uh, we're all one well, and they all say, we're available to you if you'll work with us. Right. Well, let's, right. let's use the word interact instead of work. Yes, interact, yes. Um, yeah, you know, and so many people have this feeling of separation, but they admire the masters and they really want to connect with them, but they don't feel that they're worthy to connect with them. Exactly, they, right. They're afraid of them, or they don't, you know, not afraid in a, oh, God, that's a terrible thing, but, a, a, you know, a insecure and rather than afraid good word. Know, good. to approach them and things like yeah. that. And it's like, you know, they're just sitting there waiting for us to come and say hi. You that's know? right. <laughs> it's, it's uh, they're very, they're very happy when we reach out to them. Yes. And more than willing to reach back, you know. But we we kind of have to ask. We have we have to put the effort forward. Right. You know? Same with the angels. Oh, you know, the angels, the angels were created to serve us. That's and right. To serve, and to serve God or the all that is, you know. And if we don't give them an assignment, they don't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's my guardian's been really busy this lifetime. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I have, I have two. <laughs> I'm still I have, here, so. <laughs> I, I have, I have a male and a female guardian angel. Oh, good. They, <laughs> I need twice as much help. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some crazy things, and oh gosh, I look back at some of the crazy things and said, my guardian angel. If, if, I, if I only have one, really lifted me out of that one. <laughs> yeah, what what birthday was it where you skydived? 65. 65, yeah. 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 
Yeah. I was probably close. Well, California is so huge. It was in Paris, California, and that's probably. Oh, okay. I don't know how close that is to Mount Shasta. Oh, it's the opposite side. That's Southern California. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of deserty. Yeah. Oh, that was quite an quite a an experience. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, then we'll be here on here forever, and people want to hear about your ascension, not me. Well, you know, I think it's important for uh, and helpful for people to know what other people are doing, yeah, and, and how how spirit works in their life and stuff. I, I've always found it very inspirational, and also to know that oh, you know. That's something I could do, or, oh, gee, glad she did that so I don't have to. Right. And, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think that opening up and sharing with each other is, again, it's that family thing, you know? Yeah, right. So, well, you know, we've gone way over our time, but I don't care. It'll just be a long, a long Just be a long one. I'm okay with the time. Yeah, but I think this has been really fascinating, and hopefully um, the listeners will find it of great use. And, um, again, I want to remind people that you should go to Patty's website and um, sign up on her mailing list. Um, When you do that, you will receive a wonderful reference gift of all of the dates for Mercury retrograde and for the eclipses from now through the end of 2022. So that would be really great. And um, you'll find out more about Patty. Let me, before I start telling people about you as, you know, as an ending, let me thank you for coming. Oh. And, and let me ask you if there's anything that you would like to say in closing oh gosh I don't know first just to (coughs) excuse me thank you for inviting me and this started so many 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 years ago when I joined your spirit uh, one spirit mailing list and wrote articles for you Uh but in closing I just thank everybody for listening and to please contact Troika and to contact me my website is pattytheastrologer.com and Patty is with a Y, P-A-T-T-Y, theastrologer.com, and you can find all about me and, and classes and readings, etc. And again, I just want to thank you for listening and looking forward to us going forward in the higher frequency. Yes, great. <clears throat> Maybe, you know, here we, we talk about how we've known each other for 35 years and how close we are and how we feel connected and Years can go by without us talking to each other, but we call and it's like we just pick up where we left off. And exactly. No, you know, and I want people to know that I have never met you physically. That's right. We never we have. have. We have. This has all been just through telephone and telepathy. Yes. Yes. And so. telepathy really works. That we've, We both have <laughs> some interesting experiences with that. Oh, God. Well, as I I said before, I'm hoping later this year to take another airplane trip and go out to the West Coast and travel up the West Coast and to Idaho, and and then I can go from Idaho up to Mount Shasta and then come home. Great. Oh, and I have friends in Montana. I mean, that's going to take me a month, but at least I can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be wonderful. I'd love to meet you. I would love to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and neither one of us look like our pictures. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-uh. I, look like, I look like my picture when I took it, but it's, you know. <laughs> my picture is 10 years picture. old. Oh. Yeah, I think mine is 14. Okay. Oh, gosh, a Saturn cycle. Yeah. 2000, 2006. January 2006. Oh, that's not too long ago. Is when I took that picture. Well, it's 14 years. 14 years. Oh, gosh. Time just goes too fast. I know. I know. And they keep telling us there is no time. I'm anxious to get over there when I'm going to experience that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The thing with my picture, the reason why I still use it, I have, I have 
pictures that are more recent. Um, but that picture, I think, portrays my essence and my personality yes. better. Yes, you know? good. And I'll, te- I'll tell you a secret about that picture. Have you seen the movie Somewhere in Time? Oh, along, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, with um, um, Christopher Reeves and uh, Jane Seymour. And for people that don't know that movie, you should go rent it and see it. It's a fabulous movie about time travel and, and mm. generations and all of that. And so Christopher Reeves learns how to travel back in time. And he meets Jane Seymour, and they, you know, have a, a romance or a, you know. Oh, I did see that movie. Yes, I did. relationship, yeah. And there's one time, and Jane Seymour's character is she's a famous actress. So, so in this one scene, she is having um, photography, um, publicity, you know, publicity photos taken and stuff and she's and at one point Christopher Reeves walks in and she turns and she looks at him and her whole demeanor changes and they snap a photo of that and it's just the number one photo that from then then on she uses for publicity because of you know the the emotions that came out of her by seeing Christopher Reeves. So I was spending a day with a photographer because I had to have, you know, photographs to use on my website and for other websites and, you know, publicity kind of stuff. And I took tons of pictures. And they weren't digital. It was, you know, kind of camera where you have to develop things and stuff. But... You could, you, you could see them somewhat. And um, no, I couldn't. I couldn't see those until they were developed. So I did, at one point, I said to the photographer, I said, give me a second. I want to try something. So I put myself into that state of Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeves where I kind of, conjured up St. Germain (laughs) and I took a photograph as if I was looking at him and that's the photograph oh okay so that's why I used that one and ironically the one the pictures that I took that are closer to now I look younger in some of the photos that were taken you know more where I was older than that one but I still like that one you like that one good good because because of the association with Saint Germain where I was connecting in with him right right at that moment right so that's my little story about that photo (laughs) (laughs) okay so thank you so much Patty it's been so much fun Thank you. With you. And I always learn something new from you whenever we talk. Oh, gosh, thank you. And, um, and so everybody listening, please go check out Patty at pattytheastrologer.com and um, sign up for You'll find her contact information in the show notes and also at livingtheascension.com where we have a permanent directory of every guest on this podcast. Oh, great. Yeah. So thank you, Ascenders, for listening. And remember, stay aligned, live divine, and make Ascension magic happen. Until next time we meet. Thanks so much for listening. Many blessings. And bye for now.